What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Western PA Sports Blog Podcast. Nate Stice, your host once again, and I'm joined by a special guest, Lena Bannock from Greenville, PA, a fellow Baron grad. I did not get to meet her while I was there, but uh, from acquaintances, we kind of got linked up here. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to chat with her because recently she was promoted to the Director of Fan Engagement for the Erie Seawolves, the AA affiliate of the Detroit Tigers. Lena, you know, I think that's a pretty good intro. I don't know about what you think about it, but I uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. It's, it's great to get to meet you through this and, you know, just really excited for you. Great. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to chat with you. Yes, absolutely. So like I said, grew up in, uh, I think I said grew up in Greenville and mm-hmm. Mercer County. I um, want to know how it's benefited you and helped get you where you are today. You know, I want to know all about Greenville. Yeah, so Greenville is a small town. It's not as small as other towns in Mercer County, but it is small. Um but I think I graduated with about 120 other kids. So not the biggest and not the smallest, but I think coming from a small town, it really, it helps put like your values in a perspective whenever, you know, you get up, get older and you graduate high school. Um, it makes you eager to see the rest of the world. But when you leave a small town, it's, you can't remember where you came from because it keeps you grounded. You know, I love going back home now and, you know, seeing my family and seeing old friends and stuff. So, yeah, and then I played sports throughout um, high school and I got to see all the competition throughout, you know, Mercer County and then Crawford County and all the other counties around us. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's excellent. Uh, you know, can definitely relate growing up in a small town. Uh, Greenville and is not much bigger than, than Ridgeway. Uh, I graduated with 63 kids, so, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very humble beginnings for myself in a very small town of uh, just under 4,000 people. I think it was probably about 5,000 when I was born, and now it's about 3,700. So we've lost a couple people over the years, but uh, <laughs> we're hanging in there. So I know Mercer County is pretty similar to that as well. Um, right. So you talked about being involved in sports. Uh, I think it was dance and basketball mm-hmm. uh, primarily, which is certainly an interesting combination. Uh, I want to talk about uh, <laughs> you know playing both of those sports. So I started dancing when I was about three years old, okay. I believe. And then I stopped dancing when I was a sophomore in college. So when I was about 20, 21. Um, yeah, I don't know. It is a different combination. I played a bunch of different sports growing up, though. So I started with dance and then played soccer like every kid does growing sure. up. Um, I played softball for a little bit and then volleyball and then basketball throughout high school. And then I also danced throughout high school, too, on our dance line, which performed during the football games. So... Basketball was my main focus as I started, you know, playing and dance did kind of take a backseat, but dance was what I hung on to um, going into college instead of basketball. So, I don't know. I really love dancing, and my mom always says I get my dance moves from her because <laughs> she was a dancer growing up as well. Sure. Um, and, yeah, I just found a love for basketball 
So it's a different combination, but I love both sports. So yeah, no, that's excellent. Uh, did you? I assume you probably started dancing in the studio and then eventually transitioned to like the school team. Is that right? Yes. So I started dancing in a studio until oh, I think I was in eighth grade when I left the studio, and then ninth grade, so my freshman year in high school is when I started on the dance line. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. My school didn't even have a dance team. Um, you know, so mostly it was studio for them the whole way through. And, um, you know, they, they pretty much, if you were a dancer, they really stuck to that. Uh, it was, it was a full fledged commitment at the studios around us, you know, it was five, six days a week and honestly sometimes seven if they traveled to some of the big competitions. So I know that's quite the commitment and, uh, honestly, Dance is one of the first ever sports, and I think some people don't call it a sport, which they're wrong. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it takes your whole body, and there's so many different things you can do with a that lot. sport. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and Greenville, if I'm not mistaken, I you know I know there's a lot of good sports there, but basketball is probably the number one sport. And uh, you know, is that is that true? Yeah, I mean, my my senior year, I believe my junior and senior year, our football team was really good. And then, um, but our basketball teams have always, you know, thrived. So, yeah, I would probably say basketball, but football is definitely a close second, if not tied with basketball. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about uh, Greenville is you got a lot of really, really good competition right in Mercer County. Like there's a lot of like longstanding rivalries and, you know, there's a lot of people that come in and out of Mercer County from uh, outside of Mercer County to play there, you know, from over the border or from other places if they go to Kennedy and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, Greenville's got who they got and they seem to do pretty dang well with who they got. So, you know, mm-hmm. definitely a testament to, to them for always being, you know, kind of a hard playing scrappy team on both mm-hmm. sides, you know, the, the guys and the girls side. So that's kind of what my observation is of Greenville. I can't say yeah. I've ever uh, gone to a Greenville game, but just from reading around and, and seeing the scores, you can kind of develop that uh i guess that hypothesis that i kind of formed there yes no you are 100 correct there's you know the schools like hickory and kennedy catholic and sharpsville you know and reynolds those were you know the big teams that we would always play in lakeview they were always a huge rivalry whenever we would play them in basketball so just being surrounded by all of those other amazing athletes, it makes you a better player. You know, you have, if you have good competition, you become a better player because it challenges you and your strengths and weaknesses. Right. Absolutely. Do you you think like growing up in that sort of environment is what inspired you to work in sports? Was it always a goal for you to work in sports or did this just kind of opportunity present itself and and you're making the most of it now? Yeah. So I've kind of always wanted to work in sports, you know, growing up, playing sports my whole life um I've always had a love for it um so yeah I mean I have always wanted to work in sports um in high school I took a media class and I took yearbook and you know I would do videos and I would write stories about our sports teams so I've always had like a a heart for it right and looking back, I, it's kind of something I wish I would have done at my school, uh, you know, a little bit more in the media club, yearbook sort of stuff, because, I mean, kind of ended up writing it as well. And mm-hmm. I didn't really even think about pursuing those opportunities just because I was so 
kind of boneheaded and oblivious to what was going on and so set on mm. playing the the sports that I played and did nothing else which was yeah. kind of uh, <laughs> kind of stupid of me but uh, we you know we made it there regardless I guess so um, going to Penn State though um, yes. what can you say about your Penn State experience and uh, going to Barron was that something you always wanted to do as well yeah, so I kind of always thought that I wanted to go to Penn State, but I knew I didn't want to go to the main campus just because it's so big. And coming from a small town, I thought it would be an easier transition for me to go to a Commonwealth campus. So, And we would always travel up there for um, up to Barron for basketball camp. So I was familiar with the campus. I was familiar with the area. So I enjoyed my experience at Behrend. I had um, good professors and, you know, it's a small campus, so you make your own fun, you know, and that's the best part of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and pretty much everybody knows everybody for the most part. I mean, yeah. you know, there's some people that you don't get to know. I mean, what it's probably grown to about 5,000 students, maybe over that now mm-hmm. over the last few years. But, you know, still it's a relatively tight community and everybody seems to at least know one another or have seen one another. So, you know, uh, I can totally agree with that. I didn't want to always go to the main campus as well. But Penn State experience is, is great regardless of, of where you go, I think. You know, mm-hmm. lots of great options throughout the state. And honestly, worldwide, you know, they got the world campus now as well so a lot of people taking advantage of that and getting the Penn State degree that way which is Mm -hmm. which is definitely pretty cool uh what can you say about the Barron degree in particular and and what kind of led you uh into communications there as well so I've always had um a thing for like I said media and I did yearbook so I was writing stories a lot so that kind of what that's kind of what sparked my interest in communications um, if anyone knows me, they know I love to talk as well. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm always talking. So even to improve, you know, my speaking abilities in public speaking and stuff like that. I also have a certificate in public relations from Barron as well. And I was going for an advertising certificate and I was just one class short. So I wasn't able to fulfill fulfill that but I was pursuing it sure yeah it's awesome you know uh not that it was gonna do anything for me in business but I was two credits short of a history minor mm-hmm. you know it, it with a business degree doesn't really necessarily make sense but uh you know uh, a lot of the media people seem to have history degrees because it's a lot of sorting information research uh you know that sort of stuff so but yeah no it's great that you were able to have you know those different experiences and stuff like that and um you know you got to volunteer and be involved with different things obviously you said you were on the dance team and uh, also did Circle K, which I'm not really too sure what that is. And I went there and I still don't know what it is. Like I, you know, I'm excited to kind of talk about that. And I think that maybe you were, maybe you had some association with the lifting or barbell club at a time as well, maybe. If I'm yeah, not so I had association with it, but I wasn't necessarily, whoa. Where did you go? I'm sorry. I clicked on something. There you are. Um, so I, um, at association with the lifting and barbell club, I wasn't necessarily in it. Okay. Um, but so Circle K is affiliated with the Kiwanis Club. Okay. And throughout high school, I was in Key Club. 
So that is like the high school level of it. And then their circle K for college. And it's just community, a community service group. We would do highway cleanups, uh, play bingo games at nursing homes. You know, I kind of joined whenever COVID hit. So we didn't really get to do too much afterwards. Um, but it's a great organization and it partners with the Kiwanis Club of Erie. Okay. Yeah, that's great. I, I didn't realize the connection between those as well. It kind of sounds similar to some, some high schools, I think, have a thing called Interact Club. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it, it's pretty much a lot of community service as well, uh, a lot of volunteering opportunities. So it probably seems pretty similar to that, except without the uh, Kiwanis kind of affiliation, I guess. Right. So, gotcha. Um, yeah. So dancing, you did dance for two years as well? Yes, I danced my freshman and sophomore year at Barron. Okay. And then again, COVID hit, and we weren't doing too much with it. We didn't really know, because I would dance at the uh, men's and women's basketball games. So we didn't even really know what was going on with that just yet. And I decided that, you know, I wanted to focus more on my schooling and, you know, my future, my career. So I decided to take a step back from dance. Yeah, there was, I mean, there was such a wrinkle in everybody's cap there, you know, uh, in your junior year. And, and then obviously it wasn't the quite quite the, the senior year probably you expected as well. The things just didn't fully, um, you know, get better. But at least you right. got the experience to, uh, you know, to do it uh, for two years. Uh, what can you say about... Um, you know, going through tryouts and you know, getting to perform, um, you know, at some pretty good Baron basketball teams games. And, and I don't know what it, you did you perform at anything else as well over those two yeah, years? Yeah, so, oh, that was a long time ago, let me think. <laughs> so I'll start with tryouts. Tryouts was always, um, it was three day tryouts, and the third day was always optional. And so the first day was just, you know, introductions. We would start learning the dance. Um, the second day and the third day is just, you know, cleaning and perfecting the dance. There was two dances, two choreographed dances that we would do. And then any special uh, stunts or talents that you have that you could contribute to the team. So um, I remember... Tryouts would take place, you know, you'd have your number and we'd go in in threes and try out and then we would get an email that night and find out if we made it or not. Um, but so where did we perform? So we would do all of the men's and women's basketball games. Um, we would always travel to one game a year. The one game that we went to was La Roche which I don't know why they picked that one because it's two hours away. Right. But it was also a big rivalry for Barron. Yeah. So we traveled to La Roche, and then we also got to perform at a Bayhawks game. Right, yes. Wow, yes. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and unfortunately that doesn't happen anymore because mm – -hmm. Not because yeah. the Baron doesn't have a dance team, but there's no NBA G League team in Erie anymore, which is right. definitely unfortunate. Um, it, I was sad to see them go. Um, mm -hmm. I hope maybe someday there's something that can, some miracle that can happen to bring them back. Uh, yeah. We'll see what happens there. Um, do you, did you have any other involvement at Baron? Um, you know, I, I wouldn't claim to be an expert on your life, but that's kind of mm -hmm. what I what I figured out from some right. of the research. Uh, did you have any other involvement? Uh, you know, do anything else really exciting in your time there? Um, I was also a tour guide. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. so it was just a little, um, just to earn some extra money. I would uh, give tours two or three days a week. 
and yeah that was a lot of fun I learned a lot about the campus and the history of it and I got to meet all of the prospective students um so that was fun and you know you want them to be excited to go to college because it's scary to you know leave high school and go to college so I always like to be you know that smiling face that they see that they remember like she helped me realize that I am going to be okay when I go to college and I leave home and stuff. Yeah, that's huge. It's kind of your first uh, fan engagement, except yes. not exactly like fans. <laughs> well, I guess you could be a fan of Baron, but uh, yeah. probably some people came up and saw the snow and they weren't a fan of Baron, and they right. probably had nothing to do with you at all. <laughs> just, right. Just, and they also may have seen that it's straight up a huge hill, the whole campus, and yeah. you know I hear that, or that the wind blows directly in your face, or whatever the other yeah. things that you kind of experience over your over your time at Barron that everybody kind of right. knows about or that uh you know that's not always the best dining option sometimes as well <laughs> you know it's a running joke oh and i know it's it's hey, but dobbins had the best brunch they did they really it did was delicious and but that's all i have to say about the food there <laughs> you know <laughs> that I, starbucks coffee so that was always a plus. Right. If you're a coffee drinker, that is. Yes. Uh, the, the creamery ice cream was all right. Uh, yes. You know, I'll take that as well. And uh, on an unofficial report, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but uh, there was people that have blogged about the worst on-campus dining in America. And, uh, you know, I love Barron to death and I can say so many great things about it, but it was voted the ninth worst on-campus dining in the entire United States. And I'm sure you're not really shocked to hear that. No, and uh, <laughs> when I, when I use these factoids to people, they're like, are you kidding me? Like, this is Penn state. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. They just don't have food in here, I guess. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know what happens to they it. They tried though. They would try. Right, right. But... And there were some wonderful people that worked in dining and, mm-hmm. and housing there. It wasn't their fault. I think it's just kind of what they're given at, at points. Yeah, just and, what happened. Yeah, it's kind of a what is, it is what it is. So mm-hmm. um, you uh, you kind of stuck around Erie, I believe it was after your junior year of college, had an, your first kind of internship in, in the, the big city of Erie. I think it was at the site center of Northwestern PA, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, can you kind of yeah. talk about that and maybe how that got your feet wet and, and just kind of knowing the Erie community and stuff like that? Yeah, so... I was their marketing and communications intern, and I worked alongside Becca Swick, who was the um, director of marketing there. And, you know, I think I grew a lot when I was there because it was the first time I was living away from home during the summer. And it really, you know, it was adulting. You know, for the first time (laughs) for me. So I was doing the internship. It was a part-time internship. And I was also serving at the Shoreline Bar and Grill down on the water in the Marriott Hotel. So it was, it was good. I learned a lot when I was there. The ladies there were wonderful. And it was more of a, um, what's the word I want to use? More like learning about life with a full-time job. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I also got to um, film. We they Every summer they have the All-Star Game for the East and the West in Erie called the Save and Act Game. Yeah. And the site center had a big part in that. So I was able to be there and make a highlight video of, 
you know, the football game. And it was really cool because that was my first taste of, you know, filming and sports and editing and how I like to edit, you know, action shots and stuff like that. So that was super cool. And then, yeah. That was pretty much it. <laughs> I really hope that you took that to the to the Seawolves interview and said, "Look what I can do." And I yes. already have this. <laughs> if you didn't, that was probably not a <laughs> no, one of your best. No, that would be stupid <laughs> if I did that. <laughs> Good. No, that's great. You know, uh, it got you some connections and some familiarity and stuff like that up here. And you know, it's it's a big city, but it's not that big. You know, uh, right? So you know, a lot of people know each other and they and they talk. So that's definitely mm-hmm. a huge part of it. Um, we talked before the interview, and I believe you started at uh, the Erie Seawolves where you are now as, a, as an intern, uh, video production and GFX. I actually don't really know what that means, but I'm sure you're going to talk about that. But uh, talk about why you took the chance to, to work for them and how your, your summer was before kind of landing where you are in this full-time role with them. Yeah, so GFX stands for graphics. It's okay. just an abbreviation for it. So I was the graphics and video production intern. And I started on April 1st, and I graduated in May. So I started a month before I graduated. Um, And I was also starting at, you know, a unique time because I was one of the only interns that was there so early. A lot of the other interns came in May. I think there was maybe only one other intern that was there the same time I was. Excuse me, so... It was, it was cool, you know, I kind of got my feet wet first before all the other interns came, and I got, you know, the lay of the land, and I got to pick my desk first, and (laughs) stuff like that, so, but I also came at a unique time, because they were also um, in a transition period, where they were changing directors of entertainment, and the director of entertainment that was coming in, his name is Jason, and we are the same age and we were in the same position of graduating in May. Wow. So him being, you know, my boss and me coming in as an intern, it was, it was unique because neither of us have really had like a, I mean, neither of us had a full-time job before and we, it was our, both of our first years in minor league baseball. So it was, it was a huge learning curve for the both of us. You know, obviously we had the help along the way from, you know, our, all of our bosses and all of the other coworkers there that said, Hey, how about this? This director did this before, you know, helping us get our feet wet and everything. But so we were just figuring out everything as we went. Um, and I think that helped me transitioning into my new position because well, with, graphics and video production I would produce um in-game graphics I would produce uh highlight videos um I ran the video board during the game so while I'm running the video board I'm directing and cueing um our PA announcer our music um our other director who is he switches the camera angles on the TriCaster so I'm in communication with him. So it was learning all of those positions and then also having to manage the our wolf pack. That is our entertainment team. And so having to manage them as well. I'm doing like 
six different jobs at once during a game and it's pretty crazy and I'm usually busy and running around and um but it's a lot of fun so it helped me transition into my new position because now my sole focus is on the wolf pack and the entertainment team um our team president Greg Coleman explained it to me as Jason is air defense and I am ground level defense. You know, he does the cameras, he does the video board, he does the music, the PA, and I do wolf pack, sea wolf or a mascot. Um, Any performances, so national anthem, take me out to the ball game, that is all under me now. And I already had experience with it. So that the internship really was a huge stepping stone for me to be in this position. And along with all the entertainment stuff that I'm doing, I'm also doing community affairs as well. So I'll do appearances and take care of our donation requests and our school programs and all that stuff. That's all me. (laughs) It's a lot. That's really a lot. lot. (laughs) uh, You know, minor league sports is a lot on a little people. And, you know, it's just the honest to goodness truth, you know, and you really got to grow up fast. You know, you really got to figure it out real quick. Um, how, how busy was, were the months of April and May for you? I, I can't even imagine having to finish up the, the final last with your friends, the finals, the projects, um, everything that, and then also just kind of really diving full time into a, I mean, it's a full time job. You're probably working 50, 60 hours a week at sometimes, you know, during game weeks. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So April and May, at the time, I thought it was worse than it was actually now. Yeah. So my schedule wasn't like crazy. My uh, last semester of college, I think I was only taking like 12 or 14 credits. Um, so I was able to be at the ballpark a lot. I had a lot of flexibility with my time and everything still. So... And then graduation, I missed a weekend of games for it. And obviously, I missed a weekend of work. So that adds stress. We were talking about that the other day. It adds stress onto yourself. And, you know, so in the last with the friends, you know, I had spring fling. And I got, I remember I got home like an hour before we were leaving. And I had to hurry up and get ready. And everyone was already ready. So, you do grow up fast, right. you know, I had a basically a full-time job in my last month of college and it's scary and exciting and it was a lot of work, but I was able to do it. Right. And obviously they saw your, your hard work and it was, it's been rewarded, which is such a, a great feeling. Uh, did you, did you anticipate that was going to be an opportunity? Um, you probably may have had no idea, but maybe along the way, maybe you had some inkling that it could be possible. Yeah, so throughout the season, I was always applying to other sports teams and looking, you know, all across the country for any openings. Um, And then I actually went to my boss and I was like, hey, I think you, how do I want to put this? I think there's a need and I think I can fill that need. for you guys yeah and so I pitched it to him and he was like okay let me take it to our owner and he did and then I was offered a position and it was great Wow! and I'm very happy with it I feel like you know I've kind of made 
you know, my place there. Right. And I'm excited to, you know, continue learning in this. Because, you know, I'm still new to this. Absolutely. You know? Right. So before, you know, if I were to go to, you know, another team in a few years and whatnot, you know, I get my feet wet there and then I can grow. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's that's definitely great. I'm glad things materialized and worked out for you and you didn't have to go the whole way across the country if you really didn't want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you've been in obviously in Western PA your whole life. Um, mm-hmm. Does the thought of going somewhere else scare you or were you, you know, were you actually really hoping that maybe would happen? And like what? What do you think about that aspect? So, I wouldn't have minded. Okay. Um, I do like, you know, being in Western PA, but like I said before, I'm just like eager to see the rest of the world. Sure. You know, and so I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have minded. Um, It would have been sad, obviously, to be further away from my family and my friends back home, but... I was committed to anything. I was like, if something pops up in Florida, then I'm going to Florida. Sure. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's working in sports for you. You know, yep. uh, you know, it's just kind of how it's uh spur of the moment sort of industry uh, can mm-hmm. change very quickly. And uh, you know, as you know, you, you just got right in there and it, and things definitely have changed quickly over the last, you know, five mm-hmm. or six months for you. And, and definitely in a lot of good ways, which is, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know, like, Going into this season, uh, or actually into this off season, you know, you start a full time job mostly in the off season. Um, do you think that was a was a perfect time for you to start because you can really start to like get things ironed out and plan ahead? Do you think that's really really helpful for you? Yeah, I think it re- really is. It's actually funny. So my first, technically, my first day in my new position, I believe it was September sixteenth, and we were in playoffs. Sure. So I'm still in, you know, I'm doing like double duty here and I'm, you know, staffing my wolf pack while also still doing my intern duties. And it was pretty crazy. But now since, you know, it is off season now, it is nice to get a full grasp of what I am doing and all the details that go into it. And so it's definitely helpful you know, starting a position at the beginning of off season instead of starting, you know, at the end of off season, starting, you know, being in season. Right. Yeah. I guess I did kind of neglect that it was playoff time, but you know, you were only a few select home games, which is great that they hosted playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fantastic. So, I mean, that talk about really having to kind of rise right off the bat. You know, it's probably the most packed house of the year, most anticipated games of the year. Um, so, I mean, that what an introduction, I guess. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh, it was crazy. And I, I was so happy to be able to be a part of that. Yeah. And Jason and I actually had the opportunity to travel with them. Um in the last series of the year, they were playing in Richmond. So we went for the last three games in case we did clinch uh, the playoffs. Unfortunately, we did not clinch um, when we were in Richmond. But on our way home from Richmond, we did clinch because um, Bowie had lost, I believe it was to the Rubber Ducks. So... That was fun. We actually got off the highway and pulled off, and we were sending emails and getting graphics ready to post and everything for playoffs. Um, And then so 
we came back for uh, two days, I believe it was. We had one day to rest and prep for the playoff game, which was the following day. Wow. And then right after that playoff game, which it was great, it was an amazing atmosphere. You know, everyone had um, the rally towels and that the whole stadium was filled. All you saw were these red flags waving and it was a great atmosphere. It was it was awesome. And so then we had a day of travel back to Richmond. So I came home for two days from Richmond and Jeez. went right back. Jeez. Yeah. So we went back and we filmed and then they um, clinched the championship series. And that was a lot of fun, the celebration and being able to be there and film that. I'm very happy I was able to be a part of that. Um, and then we come home, have not even a day because we ended up moving up the game and played Somerset and then traveled to New Jersey and went to Somerset. So that week and a half was absolutely insane. And it was so busy with traveling and everything. But, you know, it comes with the territory, and I loved every second of it. Oh. I was never like, oh, we have to travel again. Yeah. I was like, no, yeah, let's go. Wow. This is exciting. Yeah, good for you. No, that's, that's excellent. Uh, you know, not everybody loves that aspect of it, but I'm glad that you really embrace that for what it's worth. Uh, Richmond's a hike. Somerset, New Jersey is a hike. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> so, you know, obviously the, the division is very spread out. I believe it's all the way up into – New Hampshire, and then as far south as Richmond and, and Bowie, Maryland. If and I, I don't think there's anybody f- uh, farther south than that, uh, off the top no, of my I head. Don't believe so. Not in our division. Yeah, so it's pretty spread out. You know, yeah. uh, it's, it's in our league. It goes all the way up to Maine. Oh, that's right, Maine. Uh, yeah. That's right. That's, I think I believe that's the furthest that right. the it's team Maine. has to travel. Yeah, uh, is it? Remind me, is it the Fisher Cats? Is it Maine Fisher Cats? That's New Hampshire. New Hampshire Fish Cats. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, the Portland Sea Dogs. Portland Sea Dogs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was close. I wanted to say Red <laughs> I wanted to say Maine Red Claws because that was the, the G League team. And I'm like, no, you gotta get oh, that okay. one out of your head. But oh no, it's great. I'm glad things are going so well for you. It's definitely excellent. And um, you know, you get some time to plan things out for, for how you want to attack next year. You know, it's a huge luxury to have and instead of kind of getting rushed into it in april while completing a degree you know uh you know i'm sure you're excited to kind of have that out of the way as well yeah yeah, whenever i believe it was like the next week or so after the playoffs we were right into planning meetings for 2023 budget meetings you know planning what we want to do differently what we want to do the same our staffing needs all that stuff so it was yeah right into it right (laughs) Uh, you know, this is this is not your department of uh, players because you have no control over that. You're just mm-hmm. you're covering who they got. Uh, but one of the best stories in baseball that I haven't really seen covered too much outside of Erie, uh, and obviously the Tigers probably have covered it. But watching Kerry Carpenter go from Double A all the way to the big leagues in a matter of three four months uh, yeah. is a great story. What was it like to watch him his offensive explosion? Uh, this year for the for the Seawolves. I mean, he hit like 20-some-odd home runs in about three months, if that. So. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so uh, he started with us. I remember yeah. I remember seeing him on media day and knowing who he was. Um, and, yeah, no, it was super cool to see him because we knew every time, pretty much every time we came, 
he came up to bat, he was getting a hit, whether it was a home run or a double or a single, there was, it was going to be a hit. And so that was one of the exciting things because you always knew there was going to be some kind of action because sometimes in baseball, there's not much action that right. happened. Right. So you knew every at-bat, Kerry Carpenter was going to hit something. Um, but throughout, when he was with the Seawolves, he was, I believe, player of the week and, and announced player of the month around right. the same time. And that was pretty incredible. Jason put together an amazing video, highlight video for him. And, you know, it's cool. I remember watching his um, MLB debut. I was able to watch it. And it's cool because it was like, hey, two months ago, he was like 10 feet away from me, you know, at the ball field. So, yeah, no, it's really cool. And I give him props to, you know, coming that far and going that far so fast going from double A to triple A and only being there for a little bit and then being called up to the show. It's great. Yeah. He, he, he just flew up the, the ranks there, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And uh, my dad and I got front row tickets to the Seawolves. I believe it was in July or June or July. It was mm-hmm. right when he just won player of the month. And uh, I was like, dad, this guy's just been on fire. And he looked at this, looked at the scoreboard and he's like, yeah, I'd say, and I think he hit two home runs that day. And uh, my dad and I have been following him. You know, my dad asked me, like, hey, how's that Carpenter guy doing? And I'm like, he's in AAA now. I was like, we knew it wouldn't be much time. And then when I saw he got announced, I was like, dad, you're not going to believe us. But he's already in the on the show. He's like, you know, he's already with the Tigers. And he's like, I'm not even shocked. That guy would probably should have been there to start the year. Honestly, <laughs> it really didn't surprise me no, either. No, no. What a what a year for him and just the the, the the team in general. You know, it's obviously just the the one of the stars this year that really exploded. So well, it's definitely cool. You got a front row seat for that. But uh, yeah, it was awesome. I want to talk about uh, the grind of pro baseball. You know, everybody knows there's you know a game pretty much every single day. Um, yeah. You know, minor league baseball a little bit less. Um, than than the pros but definitely not as glamorous as the way that the pros travel and stuff like that and uh, i just want to talk about the grind and and how you feel after your first season and how 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 tough it was to go from from april into into pretty much late september there yeah so a typical game day um well there's so many games home games a season and they are usually six game series and sometimes we'll have a random three-game series here and there. Um, but so a typical game day, our report times are usually around 10 a.m. Excuse me. Um, I sometimes, I would come no later than 10 a.m. most days. Um, sometimes I would be there even earlier. Um, on the weekends, if we're having like a 6.05 first pitch on a Saturday, Report time is 2 p.m. Entertainment can't come in at 2 p.m. on a Saturday. Yep. You know, there are too many things that, you know, pop up that can go wrong. Um, so we have to be there at least by 11 on a Saturday game with a, you know, evening start time. Um, so most of the game days I was there between like 10 a.m. until the game is over, which is probably around 8.30, 9 o'clock. And then whatever I have to do after the game, which usually consisted of packing up cameras. On Fridays, we would have fireworks, so I would have to do firework cleanup. Um, 
prepping for the game next the next day if we had an afternoon or a morning game. Um, so I had some pretty long hours. There were a few times I wasn't leaving the ballpark until like like midnight or one a.m. Right. So it is a grind. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then also, you know, you're doing that six days a week, working twelve plus hours. Yep. You also have your own personal stuff that comes up. Sure. I know at the beginning of the season, I had to move in between, you know, home stands, and that was crazy. Oh. I think I did it in a single day. Oh. No moving. Um. But yeah, you just figure out how to manage your time appropriately. And yeah, I mean, I know I had moments of, you know, feeling overwhelmed and stressed. um, But I put it in the perspective of, but do I love what I'm doing? Right. Exactly. Yeah, I I love it. So the stress, like, it doesn't, it takes a backseat whenever you're like, but I love it. Yep. Yes, it's stressful, but I love it, and I'm still going to continue to do it. I'll still put the stress on myself, and it's a it's a good type of stress. Right, exactly. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Did you always think it would be baseball? Was that always number one that you'd want, or just maybe just kind of worked out that way? <coughs> um, it did kind of just work out that way. Sure. I've always loved baseball, though. Okay. Um, I mean, I played softball when I was little. I would watch ball games with my dad, like in summer nights. Um, we would go to, go to ball games a lot. Um, my roommates in college were on the baseball team, so we were always going to uh, the Baron baseball games. So I kind of just found a love for it. And if you're working in pro baseball, you have to love the game. Yep. <laughs> And I found a love for it, and yeah. So I always actually, I kind of wanted to work in football. Okay. Football or basketball. Those were kind of my main two. Um, I wanted to be like an Aaron Andrews, almost, like a reporter. Yeah. Um, And my mom still always says to me, she was like, you should be in front of the camera. But I like doing the background stuff. I like, you know, doing the production side of things and, you know, putting together the scripts and planning out skits and that kind of stuff. That's the fun part of it for me. Sure. Yeah, yeah. no, I could see you being the sideline reporter as well. Maybe it'll be <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe it'll be in your future. <laughs> Thank you. you never know. You never know what's yeah. going to happen, you know. Uh, I never thought I'd be where I am in higher ed. I never thought, you know, mm-hmm. that would happen. And, and here I am doing that and then doing these sort of things on the side and mm-hmm. getting to balance that, which is just – it's just perfect. So, um, the off season, uh, we've talked about it a little bit. What mm-hmm. are you getting? What are you getting ready right now? You know that, that you can say. You know you can't tell me everything. Yeah. So I, I get that. <laughs> so I am obviously looking at staffing. Um, I do want to expand our entertainment team, so I'm looking for new and fun ways to do that. Um, what else am I doing? Budgeting, which isn't you know, the fun stuff that anyone wants to hear, <laughs> right. but you know, you're budgeting for new props and new, um, gosh, what else do I need? <laughs> Computers <laughs> and uniforms and, you know, wages and that kind of stuff. Um, so a lot of planning, a lot of budgeting things going through our stuff that we have now. Um, I'm getting a hang of our donation request. We have the Seawolves Community Fund. So people put in donation requests, and I get those prepared and sent out for them. 
Um, I am starting on our school program. So we have Seawolf's um, Healthy Challenge for kids K through five. Um, so we'll go in with Seawolf and we'll do a little presentation. And then if they, um, you know, complete their healthy challenge log, then they'll get um, tickets to a game for the 2023 season. So, and I believe I am also going to possibly start a reading program as well. I believe that's in the books for me too. Great. So just a lot of prep and, you know, getting the hang of everything with my new position. Good. Yeah. uh, You know, you got two fellow directors, I know for certain you might have more. Uh, they've been doing this a long time. Greg and Greg both. Uh, I know. Yes. So those are two really good gentlemen to learn from. And you might have a couple other people that, that work there too that I don't know personally that are hoping you learn uh, some aspects. I'm, I mean, those two have probably done it all by now at, at yeah. different points. So. Yeah. Ganya and GC are very, very helpful when, you know, if I have a simple, which could be a stupid question and they're like, they will answer it right away. They're always, you know, there to lend a hand if, you know, Jason or I need help. Um, and then I also have Dave Mitchick, who was very helpful. He was actually the one that hired me. He was the director before Jason. He's been very helpful with everything as well. Um, I was in contact with Chris Norris as well. He was the director of entertainment for the Seawolves, I believe, in 2015. Um so he helped me, you know, kind of get the lay of the land in pro sports and how everything kind of works. Um, so, yeah, I have a lot of people that, you know, that have been helping me along the way and that have been, you know, great to me and very helpful. Yeah, it's funny. It leads perfectly into my next question. Uh, I was going to ask you, who are the people you credit for shaping you into who you are today. Obviously, you know your Seawolves family's on there, but who else would you like to, to talk about? You know, uh, the teachers and coaches and your family and all those people that have been instrumental for you as well. Yeah, so 100% I have to say my parents. You know, they, and not out of obligation. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they've definitely helped me get to where I am today. You know, they have supported me throughout college and not quite sure what I want to do, knowing I want to go into sports, but not sure where or doing what quite yet. Um, and starting my internship, they've allowed me, you know, they've really, truly allowed me to follow my dreams and help me along the way to get to where I am today. Um, you know, my dad has taught me pretty much everything I know about sports. Um, my love for sports stems from him because I was always, you know, watching baseball games with him or on Sundays we would be watching, you know, ESPN all day and following all of the games. Or even now if the, if it's a tight game or there's a good play at the Seawolves game, I text him about it because he thinks that stuff is so cool. Um, then my mom, she's probably my biggest cheerleader i mean obviously besides my dad too but she thinks my job is so cool (laughs) (laughs) great (laughs) she thinks it's so cool and she always says that she wants to come work for me and she wants to be you know my wolf packs like mom and stuff (laughs) so she's always you know 
She's always excited to see Seawolf more than me sometimes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> At the games. But no, they have always been my number one fans. And I could, I thank them a million times over for for them helping me get to where I am today. Yeah. Um, and then obviously my uh, professors and my coaches, you know, my co- my basketball coaches in high school, they were fabulous to me and, you know, taught me a lot about being a team player and, you know, working as a team because, you know, so like for a basketball reference, you separate the posts and the guards in practice. Um for the Seabulls front office, it's tickets, it's ops, it's entertainment, it's food and beverage. You know, we all have our um, positions, but we all, you need us all to work together to execute properly for a game, just like you need the guards and the posts to work together and be on the same page to ex- execute a play. So, yeah, I kind of forget where I was going with that. <laughs> I mean, you're, just, started with that. you're just used to being oh, on my coaches. Team. Oh yeah. Your coaches. Right. Yes. My coaches. So they are really the ones that taught me, you know, how to be a team player and a good, you know, worker and hustle on and off the court. And, um, my professors, I don't, I'm, you've probably had him, Tom Doe. I know who Tom Doe is. Yeah. I, I didn't yes. graduate from, I was, a, I was an actually business major, but. Oh yes, that's right. Okay. But yeah, Tom Doe is so, a great professor. Yeah. Great professor. He taught me a lot of, you know, the editing skills that I know now and, you know, how to put together the right videos with the right music and all that kind of stuff, the technical stuff. So I give Mr. Doe a lot of credit as well. Looking back, I should have probably just did the communications thing right off the bat, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Somebody along the way told me to go into business. They talked me out of teaching. They talked me into business, and then I talked myself out of business into communications, which is probably where I should have <laughs> should have went to begin with. Uh, you know, you, you talked about budgeting there, and my ears started aching and bleeding there because of just uh, oh, I know. You know, us calm people. There's a reason that we're not accountants and and, and engineers and stuff like that. Right. I know. Like, I remember I sat down in my budget meeting and I, it was Greg Coleman and Amy, our accountant, and I said, "Okay, guys, I don't know. I am not a numbers person. I am not, you know, a money person. You tell me." And I will make it work. Right. <laughs> and I'll tell you what I want. You tell me what it'll cost me and I will make it work. Yep. I'm the same way. Um, I, I have my, my memory is very memor you know, memorization big with that. Like I gotta, if, if I can remember it, I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. When ma- math changes too much, you know, yes. once you throw the variables <laughs> in, I can't remember it. You know, I'm yeah. very in like strictly information. For the, give me the facts, and I'll and I'll never mm-hmm. forget it. But as soon as those numbers and those letters mix up, and there's all these different variables, you can't you can't change. That's when uh, things get screwed up for me. I, I remember. I don't know if you remember this game, Challenge Twenty Four. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> I haven't thought about it in a long time. No, um, that was horrible. I I loved I loved Challenge Twenty Four because I could. I just rem- I could memorize my times table so well. Oh, yeah. But then as soon as you started throwing those letters in there, nope, that was that was it. That was when I cashed yep. out of that. And, you oh know, my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that and you know, the Study Island bring back a lot of bad memories for people. <laughs> you know, sorry to bring that one back for you as <laughs> oh well. Oh my god, 
gosh, you're for bringing up all these things that I forgot yeah, about that I erased from my memory. Childhood trauma that was buried deep in <laughs> for people. Uh, oh, know. it was horrible. And then, like, you would fail a subject and it would take you, like, to the, yep. I don't know, like, the stepping stone to yep. get back to that subject. The and then you couldn't pass that one. Yep, you had to oh, go was to the remedial study island detention until you got, <laughs> until you got back. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, yeah. That but, was not uh, fun. A <laughs> couple, couple last questions to kind of wrap up with Lena. Um, yeah. Dream job in sports. Um, you know, I, you just got in <laughs> six weeks ago to I'm asking you, what's your next move? No, I'm, I'm not. Um, yeah. is there always something that's always been on your radar, maybe since you were just a little kid, little girl, like you said, that's just really it for me. And you kind of stuck with that for a while. Yeah. So like I said, I always kind of wanted to be like a sideline reporter. So that would be super, that would be really cool. Um, obviously I'm not sure how plausible that is now. I'm sure with some work, I could definitely get there. Um, But, you know, everyone who works in minor league or plays in minor league wants to move up at some point. Um, The dream is obviously to go to the majors at some point, whether it happens for me or not, it's not really for me to decide, but I can do everything I can to get to that point. Yep. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Uh, who who are your teams? Who are your teams that you followed? Uh, you know, you're kind of in. You're still in that range where it. You know, it's a little bit of the Cleveland's influence, mm-hmm. but you got the Pittsburgh influence. And I I know it's probably a sh- shot in the dark, but Buffalo's not that entirely far away from where you grew up mm-hmm. either. Uh, you know, you're kind of in that Graceland of the Erie County, Crawford County, Mercer County mm-hmm. area, where there seems to be a little bit of each for all these different sports. So, who are your teams that you liked uh, growing up? So. A lot of the teams that I root for stems for from the teams that my dad rooted sure. for. Right. So for baseball, um, he roots for the Cardinals. Okay. He has very random teams. Okay. We okay. will catch on to that as I keep going. <laughs> okay. So for baseball, it's the Cardinals. Obviously, you know, I went, I grew up going to the Pirates games and the, at the time the Indians games. And so obviously I would root for them as well because they're close to home. Right. Um, football, I root for the Steelers. My dad doesn't like that though, (laughs) but I do root for the Steelers. Um, and I also root for the Miami Dolphins because he is a Dolphins fan. Okay. So that's another, like why, so far away type of thing but it's because my dad roots for them um basketball i don't have a favorite team i do love watching basketball though um yeah i don't have i don't really have a favorite team i mean the Cavs, obviously because they're close to home sure um and i went to a few Cavs game growing up and they were a lot of fun so (laughs) but i don't have a favorite team for their nba or anything but Yeah, it's going to be a, a big uh, weekend for the, the Bannock household here with the Dolphins playing the Steelers this Sunday. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Tua Tagovailoa is coming back. Mm-hmm. You don't know who's starting for the Steelers. They're coming off a crazy win that nobody picked them in, including myself. Uh, I hate to oh, that. yeah, no. <laughs> no, I was not expecting that. No, and of course, you know, I was, I was in Notre Dame this past weekend, and I was driving – home, and it's, of course, the only game I'm probably going to miss this whole year, and it's probably the best game that they – Mm-hmm. Might play this whole season, so that's always fun. And uh, yeah. but no, for a nice, uh, nice rivalry in your household this weekend. That, that's going to be fun. yeah. 
Um, <laughs> my, my suspicion, and I could be completely wrong, is the reason your dad likes the teams that he does is probably they were good when he was growing up. I mean, if he was a 70s kid, then he, the Dolphins were really good in the 70s, and the Cardinals were really good in the 70s, and the, the mm-hmm. Dolphins have not really been <laughs> so good since. <laughs> but the Cardinals, they stick around, and they do pretty well for themselves. Yeah, no so he told me, is. actually, why he likes the Dolphins. Um, and he told me it was he was playing uh, backyard football, and one of the older kids that he looked up to said, okay, guys, we're the Miami Dolphins. And he was <laughs> like, I am a Miami Dolphins fan. <laughs> That's unreal. So he just, it just stuck with him. And wow. he's always rooted for them. And now I get to root for them too with him, except for this weekend. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Well, that's great. Yeah. Um, last thing before we go, before we kind of wrap mm-hmm. up, uh, you know, obviously you've been in Erie for about the last five years or so, uh, give and take because of COVID and, you know, some summers and stuff away. But what are, what are some of the things now that you live permanently? And, well, not permanently. You're, you're here for at least a little while in Erie mm-hmm. uh, that you haven't got to do that you're looking forward to hopefully doing now that you got some more time to, to be here. Ooh. That's a good question. I definitely want to go out on the lake more. Okay. You know, I we rented a boat once for 4th of July, and I got to go out then. Um, the Scallywag, which is the booze cruise during the summer, I've gone on that a few times. Um, but I definitely want to, you know, go out on the lake more. Um, it's just beautiful. I, and I did work right by – I worked on the bay, so the – view was beautiful and i would love to experience that more while i am here yeah i feel like it's an obligation to do so you know Mm -hmm. you kind of have to do that uh i think i my eerie bucket list is is shrinking i'm getting things off the the list Mm -hmm. there with certain places to go eat and certain things to do haven't really been out on the lake so i it's one of mine that i need to do in some some way or another um Mm -hmm. not not swimming out in presque isle that's not that doesn't count oh yeah no (laughs) No, that's that's not my jam. So I need to go out on a boat, you know, in some way or another. So, but Lena, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's it's great to to get to know you from this, and you know, uh, I know that us barren people have to stick together. You know, we got all these different college options up here, and us barren people got to stick together. Uh, So uh, definitely excited to see what happens, you know, as your career continues. And uh, once again, just appreciate you coming on, and, and good luck as you continue this role. Thank you so much, Nate. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. This was the Western PA Sports Blog Podcast. You just heard from Lena Bannock. I'm Nate Stice, your host. Until next time, thanks a lot.